slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Price. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today as we talk all things New York Islanders. Don't forget, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. So, the Islanders, a rough outing on Saturday because they played well. Had a 2-1 lead in the game, watched it slip away, and fell 3-2. We're going to break down what I think is the biggest takeaway from this game and discuss it. And that is that this team, because they do not have enough offensive talent on the ice, they can have games like that where they absolutely dominate but struggle to score goals. We'll also talk about something that Lou Lamorello said Uh, and it's related. He talked about not wanting to rush some of his young talent. I'm going to mention that, go over that, and talk about it, because I think there's a problem with that logic. Not necessarily even a problem, but it creates a problem for the Islanders, and we will certainly talk about that later on in the show. We've got our Islanders' birthday of the day, and a full preview of tonight's game in Buffalo, the first of four straight home games. Uh, That give the Islanders a chance to maybe uh, add some points to their point total. So lots to talk about on today's show. If there's something Islanders related on your mind, you have a question, a comment, a topic that you'd like us to discuss, feel free to email the show, the address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is. That's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I, and we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And of course, I am almost always tweeting during Islanders games, and I'll give you my insights and, and what have you uh, during the game. So uh, feel free to not only follow me, but, uh, you know, comment and and, uh, talk to me during the game. I'm always happy to to, uh, interact with fans. Now, getting back to Saturday night's loss in Pittsburgh, just a frustrating game. And the Islanders came out in that first period and played so well. They controlled play. It was almost like in the first period that the ice was tilted toward the Penguins' goal, and the Islanders really had a lot of scoring opportunities. Well, no, let me rephrase that. They had a lot of shots on goal, a handful of quality scoring opportunities. But the frustrating thing is that this Islanders team really still lacks that one sniper who I think could put them over the top. And because of that, 
there are going to be games like what we saw Saturday night, where this team seemingly does everything right for long stretches of time. Uh, You know, the play was almost all in the Pittsburgh zone. The Islanders controlled possession of the puck. They passed it well. They set up a number of quality scoring chances. But at the end of the day, there weren't enough guys who were able to finish and put the puck in the net. And that frustrates a team. When you, when you are outplaying your opponent and at the end of 20 minutes, the score is still 0-0, that is frustrating. And you know, look, this is the National Hockey League, and the old expression is, hey, the other team is getting paid too. They are, uh, you know, the Pittsburgh Penguins, you know, you don't have to tell, I don't have to tell you, Sidney Crosby, uh, Evgeny Malkin, you know, Jake Gunsel, Chris Letang, a lot of talented, especially offensive players on that Penguins team. And you're not going to dominate the Penguins for 60 minutes. So when you get a period like the Islanders had in the first period, there's got to be a guy on the ice who can who can really finish well. And I'll even make an analogy. I'll go back to the Islanders of the mid to late 70s. And, you know, the Islanders in their third season, which was 74-75, they made that big playoff run. And they made it to the semifinals in just their third year of existence. One playoff rounds, again, made the semifinals in 76 and in 77, but didn't quite have what they needed to put them over the top. Well, in 78, 77, 78, along comes this sniper, the Islanders' first overall draft pick, Mike Bossy. Bossy gives the Islanders an unbelievable weapon offensively. And all of a sudden, by Bossy's second season, the Islanders had the best record in the National Hockey League. And by Bossy's third season, they won their first of four straight Stanley Cups. So, the Islanders right now, look, they're not going to be an offensively explosive team playing the Barry Trotz system. And that's okay. I don't think this team needs a 50-goal scorer. That, that, that doesn't really exist very much in the National Hockey League in 2021. But what the Islanders do need is a reliable, consistent goal scorer, a guy who could pop in 30 to 35 goals over the course of a regular 82-game season, who could be their go-to guy when... If you give this player a few quality chances in a game, the odds are they're going to score more often than not, at least once every other game, let's say. And they don't have that player. They don't have that sniper, that go-to offensive player. And as a result, you're going to see periods like that first period Saturday night and games like that game Saturday night, where for the majority of the game, the Islanders were clearly the better team than the Pittsburgh Penguins. But because they don't have enough offensive weapons, they don't have that finisher, that sniper, they're going to either lose some of those games or struggle to win some of those games. And look, you know, I don't think this team needs to win 7-5. They're not built that way. They don't play that way. And that's fine. 
but they need one more reliable goal scorer to take what is already a good Islanders team and make them into a great Islanders team, a team that, you know, right now, the way the Islanders are built, they can win a Stanley Cup, but they're not the favorite, and they're going to have to overcome a lot of teams that, on paper at least, are better than they are to win one. You add that sniper, and maybe the Islanders become one of four or five teams who you put near the top of the list of teams who could win the Stanley Cup, and I think it would make a huge, huge difference for this franchise. All right, when we come back, we'll talk about a quote from Lou Lamorello and why it's a problem uh, when you combine a number of other elements concerning this team. We'll preview the game uh, against Buffalo tonight at the Coliseum, and we'll have our Islanders' birthday of the day. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. We're covering everything you need to know about the Islanders, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. So Lou Lamorello in Sunday's Newsday was quoted as saying that he doesn't like the fact that a lot of players, younger players, are being rushed into the NHL, his words, uh, mostly because, you know, they, they have cheaper contracts and that helps get a team under the salary cap. But here's what Lou Lamorello had to say. It's crucial for a lot of reasons, not only the salary cap, but because they are our future. And here we are. We're expecting them to compete right away. They need two or three years of growth, and we're rushing them, all of us, because of free agency uh, that is so young, age 27, and the salary cap, you've got to have patience. They've got to have patience with themselves, you've got to explain it to them, and you're going to have to work with them. So, Lou Lamorello, you know, adding... It's very, it's a, that's a very difficult world in the NHL or in any pro sport rebuilding. You're expected to win, and that's what our job is. So, you look at the Islanders lineup right now, and you see that a player like Kiefer Bellows, a player like Oliver Wallstrom, uh, guys like that are not going to see the ice as much as a guy like Leo Komarov, and Again, that's a good philosophy overall. You don't want to rush players to the NHL. You don't want to kill their confidence. You want to make sure that they are physically and psychologically mature enough to handle life in the NHL. But there's a flip side to it, and there's a problem with it. And that problem is the way this Islander team in particular is built. This Islander team doesn't have enough goal scoring to, you know, they don't have that elite scorer. And realistically, they're going to win a lot of 2-1, to 3-2, to 1 nothing kind of hockey games. And if the other team gets to 3 or 4, the Islanders are in trouble. So, yeah, I understand you want a player to get experience in the AHL or and or in juniors, but... When you don't have enough scoring in your lineup, 
and you have younger players like a Wallstrom and like a Bellows who can add to the offensive output, it's a very fine line to try to walk in which you don't want to rush those guys, but you need them. And that's the problem. It's a contradiction because they need those players to step up and provide scoring. Now, this would not be as big an issue if the Islanders didn't have the cap crunch that they have right now. And look, it's no great secret that the Islanders have overpaid relative to the rest of the league their bottom six forwards and their bottom pair defensemen. Those guys are taking up a larger percentage of the salary cap than most other teams. And when you tie it in, part of the reason for that is that the Islanders prefer to play Leo Komarov and other veteran players rather than play less expensive but less experienced younger guys who can fill in and and, and get the job done at a lower salary on your bottom six. So you end up with a situation where the team is struggling to score goals and they are also tied up against the cap. Now, obviously, the pandemic and the fact that last year and this year, few if any fans in the stands after March of last year, all true, all part of the short-term issue. But in the long term, the Islanders really need to figure out uh, how to free up enough cap space to get one more big offensive player into that lineup for this year's playoffs. Because here's the problem uh, with waiting too long on this particular Islanders team. You go up and down this roster, and this is not a very young team. Josh Bailey, 31. Casey Sezikis, 29. Cal Clutterbuck, 33. Jordan Eberle, 30. Andy Green, 38. Leo Kamarov, 34. Nick Letty, 29. Anders Lee, 30. Matt Martin, 31. Brock Nelson, 29. I can go on and on, but the, the bottom line, even Simeon Varlamov is 32. But the bottom line is that the core of this team right now is based on players who are either at or over or just about 30. And if you do the analytics and you look at NHL players, their prime is really around 24, 25, 26. And once you start hitting 28, statistically anyway, you expect them to start slipping a little bit off their peak production, offensively especially. So what the Islanders really need to do, and I've talked about this before, at the trade deadline or right before the trade deadline this year, they've got to add that sniper that we talked about in the first segment. They've got to go out and find a player who can provide them with that reliable go-to goal scorer and, you know, again, it doesn't have to be an Alexander Ovechkin or a Wayne Gretzky or, uh, you know, a guy who's going to get 50, 60 goals. But give me a solid 30-plus goal scorer and this Islanders team, a guy who could still play within the Barry Trot system. 
a guy who is still good defensively, responsible defensively. Uh, and it could be a, a, a player who is not 22 years old or younger. It could be a, an older guy. But this team, realistically, the way it's set up is built to win now. And I think acquiring that sniper at the deadline when you have less of a salary cap hit, and it could even be a rental player, but I think when your team is as close as the Islanders are, and remember, they made the conference final last year, they were one of the final four in this league, and they gave the Lightning all they could handle in the playoffs as well, you add that one last piece and you go for it because opportunities like this do not come along every day. So we'll see whether Lou Lamorello does that. He certainly, you know, he's a Hall of Famer for a reason. And we'll uh, see if he's on that same wavelength. But I think that is the course that this team should be taking heading into the trade deadline this year, assuming they continue to play the way they are playing. All right, when we come back, we'll have our Islanders' birthday of the day. We'll look ahead to tonight's game against the Sabres. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, you have got to try a Built Bar. Built Bar, quite simply, is the best-tasting protein bar ever. It comes in 18 amazing flavors, including some of these newer flavors, Caramel Brownie, Cherry Barcia, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, or my personal favorite, cookies and cream. Add that to the already existing roster of German chocolate, mint brownie, salted caramel, or toffee almond, and you really can't go wrong. All of the the 18 flavors are covered in 100% chocolate. They have flavors with nuts and without. They're all soft and easy to chew, and the best part about a Built Bar is they are low-calorie, low-sugar, high protein, and high fiber. It tastes like you're cheating, but you're really doing something good for your body. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your first order. So that's the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Islander fans, check out BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football season may be over, but you still right now have the NBA, college basketball, and the National Hockey League. They're all in full swing, and hey, maybe you could take some of your knowledge of the New York Islanders and use it to make some extra money. BetOnline even covers things like award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. They'll give you real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered with all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. And best of all, it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So if you put $100 into your account, they'll put $50 more absolutely free. Check out BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On. That's BetOnline.ag. And don't forget, you can get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long dynasty and DFS leagues breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast wherever 
you get podcasts. Time for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and it's a special one today. We are going to wish a very happy 56th birthday to former Islanders center Pat LaFontaine. He was the Islanders' first overall, uh, first pick, third overall in the 1983 draft, a member of the 1984 U.S. Olympic team and one of the genuine stars that the Islanders had after the dynasty years. LaFontaine joined the Islanders late in the 1983-84 season after the Olympics were over and was a part of their run to the Stanley Cup final in 84, which they lost to the Edmonton Oilers. And then he went on a tear. His best season as an Islander came in 1989-90 when he scored 54 goals and had 105 points in just 74 games for the Islanders. He was by far the most talented and most reliable scorer on the Islanders' teams, and he had six seasons in a row of 30 or more goals. Four of them had 40 or more, and of course the 154-goal season. We're going to look at one of Pat LaFontaine's better games as an Islander at the old odd in Buffalo Islanders and Sabres, New Year's Eve, 1989. Islanders going with Mark Fitzpatrick in goal, while Darren Pupa was in between the pipes for the Buffalo Sabres. Sabres got on the board first. Rick Vave is 18th from Alexander Mogilny and Christian Rutu at 7.06. But the Islanders answer. LaFontaine, his 31st from Jeff Norton and Randy Wood at 14.04. It's a 1-1 game after 20 minutes. In the second period, LaFontaine strikes again, his 32nd from Derek King at 5.48. And less than a minute and a half later, Yari Gronstrand, his first from Brent Sutter, 3-1 Islanders. But Scott Arneal scores in the last two minutes of the second period from Benoit Hogue, a future Islander. That made it a 3-2 game, but Pat LaFontaine closes out the scoring in the third. His 33rd of the year, third of the game, gets the hat trick. Derek King and Alan Kerr with the helpers at 15:55. Final score in this one, Islanders 4 and the Buffalo Sabres 2. 38 saves for Mark Fitzpatrick in this one to earn the W, while Pat LaFontaine three goals on a team leading six shots. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day, one of many hat tricks he had with the Isles. So happy 56th birthday to Pat LaFontaine, a Hall of Famer and one of the Islanders' all-time greats, and I would say the Islanders' best overall player since the dynasty years. One player who never won a Stanley Cup with the Islanders, I think, out of all of those, he is probably the best in franchise history. So, Tonight, the Islanders and the Buffalo Sabres at the Coliseum. By the way, 7 o'clock start this game on uh, NBC Sports Network, so make sure you check that out. The Sabres, uh, fresh off a 3-2 win over the Devils in Newark um, a couple of nights ago, still uh, trying to get back into the swing of things, really, since their two-week layoff, they lost their first three games after the layoff, the two to the Islanders uh, last week, and then one in Washington. Then they beat the Devils. They're on. A, uh, then they beat the Devils, but they're on a long road trip right now. 
basically a four-game road swing. This is their third uh, road game, and it's, uh, again, a tough road back for the Buffalo Sabres after missing two weeks because of COVID protocols. And you look at this Buffalo team, the Islanders beat them in Buffalo twice last week, looking to duplicate that. You got to understand that the Sabres are going to come out and really be uh, looking for revenge because the Islanders really outclassed them in both games and made them look pretty bad. So this will be a team with a chip on its shoulder. Got to be wary of the Buffalo power play. They are scoring at a 32.6% success rate. That places them third in the league in power play percentage. The penalty killing a little below average at 19th in the league. And Linus Olmark is the number one goalie. Carter Hutton is the backup. But neither one of them has outstanding numbers. Olmark, a 2.61 goals against average a 909 save percentage. Obviously, Jack Eichel is their big gun. He leads the team with 13 points in 14 games. Victor Olofsson has 12, Sam Reinhart 10, as does Taylor Hall. You look at the line combinations quickly, and you could see Eichel, Olofsson, and Reinhart, the top trio. Stahl, Eric Stahl, centers the second line with Taylor Hall and Dylan Cousins on his wings. Cody Eakin, a veteran third-line center with Tobias Reeder and ex-Islander Kyle Oposo are the third line. The fourth line is Curtis Lazar centering Jeff Skinner and Riley Sheehan, although Jeff Skinner may not be in the lineup. People are complaining about his lack of productivity. Jack McCabe and Colin Miller, the top defense pairing with Rasmus Dahlin and William Borgen as the second pairing, and Matt Irwin and Brandon Montour are the third. Obviously, some names still missing. The biggest, probably, Rasmus Ritzelainen, still considered day-to-day in the COVID protocol. Zemgis Girgitsons also out of the lineup, as is Casey Middlestadt, although he is day-to-day. Look, a game against Buffalo is a game the Islanders, on paper, should win at home, and we'll see if they can get that job done as we check it out tonight. We'll be back tomorrow with a full analysis of this game. Don't forget, follow on Twitter during the game, and I'll keep you up to date. And uh, hopefully the Islanders will get back on track after that frustrating game against the Penguins on Saturday. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.